All right, we've got a great episode coming at you here. Adam and I recorded a two-part episode where we broke down a little bit more about the Nets draft, talked a little bit more or a lot more about Cam Thomas, got uh, Adam's opinions there, got into Dayron Sharp as well, talked about the Nets season coming up and how some of these draft picks are going to work their way in. It's a really wide-ranging conversation. We kind of just let it flow uh, for about over an hour, so we broke it up into two parts uh, for Tuesday and Wednesday. This is the first part. We focus a little bit more on Cam Thomas. Second part, we do a little bit more day around Sharp, but it's all about the Nets and how these guys are going to work their way into this upcoming season. Going to break it all down for you right now. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Arbrecht, not only hosting here, but also covering the New York Football Giants on the One Giant Podcast. And over there, if you're needing some DFS, then it's got to be Doug Norian, DFSR. He's also a Capricorn father of two and just a gentleman in the streets. Doug, how are we on a Tuesday as we get ready to dive in a little bit even maybe deeper on the conversation that you started solo yesterday on one Cam Thomas. I'm all thrown off because you opened the show today. We decided to switch it up a little bit. Uh, we, my, voice is, my voice has been doing the opening for so long that uh, <laughs> I got to listen to you kind of like wax. I'm a Virgo, by the way. Um, but the, eh, I took a shot. <laughs> it's all right. A one in 12. I don't, how many, I don't even know how many signs there are. Uh, I, oh my! I, I've known you for five years, Doug. Okay, I'll get it. Jeez. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know when your birthday is, and I actually don't even know what month it is. Um, that's not a knock on you. I don't really know when anyone's birthday is. But uh, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> good. Don't. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> here we go. We're off to a good start. Here's well, the deal. okay. So here, so my question. I got a question for you because okay. you know I did the solo podcast yesterday talking about Cam Thomas, and if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to that because I kind of. T- on the in the wake of his summer league performance, there's one more summer league game as we record this. But you know, where did you land? Because I'll I'll rehash some of what I said after you go. But I was trying to be even keeled about Cam Thomas and about what his floor and what his ceiling you know was and are and whatever they're going whatever it's going to be after watching <laughs> four summer league games or whatever. But did any of it strike you as like way off base or? weird or no i don't know <laughs> no you know and it, well it's funny because so in addition your your episode was great and i'm going to get into some of the the comparisons you made and, and tempering of expectations which i think is what you need to do when you're watching summer league basketball you can by the way though go back and listen uh, to to barlow we uh, you know spoke with him last week and we dove into it a little bit about what his game was going to be and you, you combine that with what you saw in the summer league and then what you spoke on yesterday and i think you do get a pretty full picture my my opinion, I'm of the opinion that we, we said this, I think the other day that I can get hyped. I love to get hyped around the draft, love to get hyped in preseason. I, I've been watching Giants pre I one first preseason game. I have already made very bold claims about you know who's making the roster and what it's going to look like. It's easy to get very excited about what Cam, what Cam Thomas is doing in the summer league. And yes, a lot of it is going to carry over. But the one of the strongest points I thought that you made was... What he's doing right now is not going to be, it's not going to be afforded to be done 
you know, during the regular season. They don't need it. You, you have the superstars. They're leading this team. It's not going to be a lot of opportunities where they say, hey, Thomas, why don't you go ahead and start in place of James Harden? Why don't you go ahead and start instead of Kyrie Irving, right? Like, that's not going to be the, the way that they operate. It's going to be a slow and steady, I think, build for him. And the benefit when... When you brought up some of the weaknesses in his game, or just areas that needs to develop, let's not even call them weaknesses, but there, there's, you know, stronger suit, being a microwave scorer, and then is he the most focused on distributing, on involving his teammates? Not necessarily. He can learn that from James Harden. He can learn that from Kyrie Irving. So the slower that you can bring him along is probably the best way to go. I'll, I'll give you a second here before I dive in on some of the comps that you made, and then also... I will say there is a path to me for him to be able to do some work even early in the season, but that that essentially I think touches on on how you you've come out of these summer league games, right? It's exciting, it's a thrill. Also, don't set a benchmark for Cam Thomas that he probably isn't going to be reaching, and then start to be disappointed when he when he doesn't reach those goals early in the year. Yeah, so like, so first of all, he's becoming so he started to become a household name. This is this stuff doesn't take long now. Skip Bayless. Oh darn it! I wasn't gonna say his name. I was gonna say one of these. Why'd talk- you do it? Why, gonna- Doug? Ah, darn it! I had a whole thing about for myself that I wasn't gonna say. I was gonna say one of these talking heads whose shows I think yeah. is mostly kind of you know a joke. That was gonna be what I was gonna <laughs> say. That was what I was gonna say, and then everyone figure out who it was, and then I just blew it by by saying it. Whatever. Um, they were doing it. Voldemort. On- yeah, they were doing it on first take. But they, he, he tweeted out about, you know, going to talk about one of the all-time leading summer league scorers and a guy that's going to join the big three, which, again, I, I don't really care about his opinion or that show's opinion at all. But it is interesting when you think about where this guy's name is now starting to enter just the larger media space in a way that, one, probably summer league doesn't typically get covered like this. Two, he is... It's this isn't just like a summer league all star. This is a real dude right. who who has a really now a very cool story about him because he's f- f- um, dropped all the way in the draft to the Nets, way far way farther than anyone else, when anyone thought he was going to. Right, and now you have people talking about him. But you know, I agree with you, and this was kind of the thing I was saying about. I think there's going to be different stages around what happens this year around Cam Thomas because clearly to start the year we're not going to start off you're not going to start off seeing summer league Cam Thomas but think about how many times last year it would have been really nice having Cam Thomas on the team <laughs> and I'm not I don't necessarily well, okay. mean in the playoffs maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse here but there's no no there's so, different versions there's different versions me- of the season that 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 play out here where it's not he's not going to walk summer league Cam Thomas through the door but maybe at some point during the season, it's going to be. It could start to reflect something like what we saw here. Well, okay, so that's that's the next part that I when you started bringing up some of the comps and players, you, you talked about starters around the league. You threw out a couple of different names there. I, I think you know the Donovan Mitchell one was nice, and was actually funny too in that because when you just said his name, I in my mind picture Mitchell as being a bigger, stronger guy. But then you talk about the the, the measurables, and Cam Thomas is, is right there or or beyond him. But when you got into the idea of like a Lou Williams, I, I think that that was a really good comp in terms of of where the Nets fans should set expectations coming into the season. Not, not in the big picture, not immediately, but hey, here's a guy that can be a spark off the bench and can provide scoring. But you just brought up what I think was, I'm not going to call it pushback, but when I go back and look at last year, 
and think about the expectations for Spencer Dinwiddie had he been healthy and on the team. Well, that's what it was going to be. Not, not a, He's not a microwave scorer like some talents are, but you're going to come in the second unit and your job is going to be able to be a scorer because that's what we want to do. Let's keep the pressure on the opposition. Let's not let up. Now go back. He gets injured. Not a part of the team. Okay. What they lacked last year in Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Nick Classing, Blake Griffin, right? Joe, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Johnson and all these other guys, Mike James. Like these are not create for themselves scores. So nobody else inside of this supporting cast from last year had the ability to step on the floor and say, hey, Harden, Kyrie, KD, you need a breather. Don't worry. We're going to go out and punish this team even while you guys are on the bench. That's what they lacked. So in that regard, I can look at Cam Thomas and say, if you're coming in to be that off-the-bench scorer like we envisioned Dinwiddie last year behind these three stars, then I'll be... I'm not, you said cart before the horse, but I get on the court, Cam. Like, hey, they're going out for a breather. Go cook. It's your opportunity to shine here. And in the, in the idea of worst case, what's the worst case scenario? You don't get a ton of scoring while the stars are on the bench. Guess what? We, we had that last year. Season still went pretty well in spite of missing the stars for big chunks of the year. Still got to the playoffs. Injuries derailed it. If all of a sudden Cam Thomas gets to get on the floor in a situation where they say you can be ball dominant, you don't have to necessarily worry about getting everybody involved. And then everyone else around you, Nick Claxton, when you're in those minutes, you're there to rebound, play the defense, be versatile. Great. So maybe that, maybe it is possible. I don't know how early you can expect that, but I'll be interested to see what the sample size looks like for Cam as the year starts to roll out. All right, got plenty more to talk about here. Something though that some people don't like to talk about: sweating. I know for me, it's been an embarrassing thing for a few years. Uh, sometimes the shirts, you have to do a little change of clothes, be hard to talk in front of folks. Um, you know, obviously you got those pit stains, never want to see those. That was until I started using sweat block wipes. This stuff really, really works. Believe me, take it from someone who dealt with this kind of thing for years. Definitely had a, <laughs> went through more shirts than anyone would really want to reasonably be expected to. But not with Sweatblock. Sweatblock is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You put it on at night before you go to bed. Next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day. No more sweat guaranteed. I know it's sounds too good to be true, but believe me, use this stuff. It actually works. You use it once or twice a week. Keeps you dry the whole time. No more picking out shirts where you knew that the stains were going to come through a little more than the others. It hides the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this stuff, you got to check out Sweatblock. You can get it today. 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. 20% off sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. And if you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know hiring can be hard, it can be a pain. Sometimes you're trying to find those quality candidates. Sometimes it can be tough to even know where to start. How you know you're not just going to get inundated with people that aren't qualified, aren't good matches for the job that you're looking for. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Attract, interview, and hire are all there in the Indeed portal. You don't just hope for the perfect candidate it will find you because Indeed's hiring tools are going to help you cut through the noise faster and smarter. Indeed Instant Match actually just gives you a quality list of candidates whose resumes are on spot in, on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, you get to choose from 135 skills tests. That's a lot, a lot of skills to help make sure that you're finding applications and applicants from the people with the skills that you need. You can get started right now on Indeed with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post 
and Indeed.com slash locked. Get $75 credit and Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. You know, maybe a better comp, because you mentioned Dinwiddie, maybe a better comp, not from a body type standpoint, a little bit from a the way they play standpoint, would have been Karis LeVert. Because mm. LeVert, LeVert's bigger, and I know he wasn't on the team at this point, so whatever, but there was times where he would have been the other guy that the the Nets were sort of missing because he was that he was starting to become. We saw it in the bubble, uh, for sure. We started to see flashes of it with the Nets. Uh, we started to see it really actually when he got healthy from after the trade to the Pacers when he had the uh, the gallbladder. What was the gallbladder thing? Whatever he had um, the the medical procedure he needed to do that he needed to sit out. Um, but we started to see it with the Pacers again, which was he was. Can spend a lot of time on the ball, can work his way into the paint, can kind of score from three different levels. It, it looks a little different than mm-hmm. Cam Thomas's game, so I'm not really aesthetically comparing them. But it was like it was that kind of guy too that they were missing. That really kind of every team needs. He can't be your best player. He probably can't even be your third best player when you want to win a championship. But in a guard heavy league, this is the kind of guy you really at times could could really look forward to and really use. And I kind of. I feel like this is the, that's the kind of player he was sort of becoming, and that's the kind of guy that Thomas is is likely to see to start, to, you know, like to start. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. The the part where you're looking down the bench, and last year you're looking down the bench and you're saying, okay, so here comes Mike James, you know, <laughs> like and I look, and that's he's fine, or Chris Chioza, but they're just two totally different guys, and. They need a lot of other help on the court at times, yes. right? Like they can't. They they're gonna need lots and lots of help. They're good to get out in transition. They're quick, great court vision. They have a lot of other things that 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 Cam doesn't. But what they can't really do, even though I think Mike James at times believed he could, is um is is create their own shot and create and be able to score sort of matchup independent at times, sort of scheme independent at times, and other personnel. And that's just kind of what you have in Thomas here. And that's why that this is again why Nets fans are rightfully really, really excited. Because I think they can look at last season and we all can look at last season specifically and say, it sounds nuts to say this when you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, <laughs> and Kyrie Irving on the team. But we also know these guys are not going to play every game. These guys are not total pillars of health at this point. Um, and when that's the case, you have to, like we've talked about by conserving, you know, bench, excuse me, conserving minutes during the regular season around the big guys. We kind of talked about that a lot. It's going to happen with these superstars too. And when that's the case and so much scoring is relying on these three superstars, you actually need a guy who probably after a little time in the league will be like, I can score as good as those guys. <laughs> like, I have a feeling he'll think that well, about well, himself well, and, um, and, 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 and it'll be great. Yeah, and, and throw and throw into the mix here. By the way, you talk about you know, rest, right? We mentioned Blake Griffin in this vein from last year going into this upcoming season, right? You don't want to overtax him. You brought in Patty Mills, absolutely love it, and he just turned thirty three. So like, there, there's all of these guys that I think are the most important pieces as far as winning a championship is concerned. And then there's the long journey to get there, and that's where I that's where I wonder. The only maybe if I wanted to give the the Brooklyn Nets caveat here. And the two very different circumstances where they were drafted, what expectations were, you know, but even with Jared Allen, I could say, I was going to say, I'm going to tell you Nick Claxton of, you know, it was a slow and steady developing him, not overexposing him, right? Kind of wanting his development to be, to be very curated, 
so that you're building him in confidence. At least I think that that's how the Brooklyn Nets wanted to approach it. Same way, because one of the things you did mention too was the turnovers in summer league, right? And just a little bit of that from Cam Thomas's game. That's going to be a component, I think, that the Nets, regardless of when you're in there, they are going to still look at it and say, we want to protect the basketball. Like that, that is a part of this too. So I, the development piece there could maybe slow down how much they expose him to it, what he's doing in practice, showing that he can be willing to dump it down to someone on the interior, those type of little pieces. That'll help him get onto the court faster. And when you talk about getting rest for some of the stars, that's what makes it really easy to say, you want to rest Harden sometimes? You want to rest Kyrie sometimes? You want to rest then the other next big point, you know, big guard on the roster in Patty Mills? Well, now... Now you're down. You've made it to Cam Thomas. Now, now he becomes the the next guy to eat up big minutes, and that could be a huge benefit for the Nets. Yeah, a hundred percent. I wanted to actually throw out a couple more comps here because I thought a little bit more about it. I went I went superstar comp on the podcast yesterday because sometimes that's a little. That's where we're at. That's where our minds are. <laughs> superstar Cam Thomas. I mean, how could they not be? How could they not be? This guy's like again. This guy can't literally can't stop scoring in the summer league, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, whether they, they, I'm not even sure they're going to play him in this last game, just because I'm not sure they need to, and they might just be wanting to make some final decisions or, or whatever. Um, I have a humdinger of a, of a wrinkle to throw at you after you give me your comps. I just want to throw out something completely random that just entered my head. But please, what are the more what are the more role comps that you were? That okay, well, so yesterday, just to recap, I threw out guy. You mentioned Mitchell. I mentioned like the high end piece of it, like Zach Levine. I still think that's probably. He's not as athletic as Levine was, and so that's why this wasn't perfect. It was about just kind of maybe being able to talk about how he could score in, in similar fashions. Again, I didn't. Th- I felt a little uncomfortable with that one just because like the athleticism for Levine is sort of unparalleled, um, and so that was not that was not perfect. I mentioned CJ McCollum. I actually felt a little better about that one, where it was sort of a little bit more methodical. The explosiveness wasn't as as, as much there, but clearly can kind of create his own shot has certain deficiencies in his game that probably keep him from becoming an, a superstar superstar but really really good like you really if he's your third best player you have a very good team <laughs> on your hands like guys mm-hmm. like this um and so that but then I thought like more in a Chris Middleton role as far as being the third third best player on a roster yeah being, something being like that good, being a good yeah. yeah something like that but like I mean they're not cops but I know what you're saying so then um but then I was thinking like okay so what are like actually more realistic short term guys that we're looking at uh, that have come into the league somewhat recently and have given this sort of scoring punch, but the games are not really well rounded out, and it's hard to envision, you know, what they're ultimately going to become. And so, one guy I thought about this was Tyler Hero. Now, Tyler Hero is mm. um, is a little taller than than Thomas, but remember, we are not too far removed from a bubble performance where it where there was it was on the table with something like. Oh, we're at, we can't trade trade Tyler Hero for James Harden. <laughs> like we can't include Tyler right. Hero in the, now. How how much truth there is to that? I'm not totally sure. That was a rumor about when during the Harden sweepstakes where the the Miami didn't want to part with Hero. I mean that looks horrible. After, after Miami said they weren't going to trade for Harden, they said now also float a rumor where we said because we loved Hero too much. Yeah, we couldn't. I, we're trying to we're trying to build this guy up. I mean if that's all <laughs> if that's true, it goes down as an, one of the all time epic disasters. But um, who knows if it's true? But but remember like how high Hero's stock was following the bubble, where it did seem like he was like this instant offense kind of guy, right? He was instant offense off the yeah. bench, ended up starting. 
Um, just shot the lights out of the place. Could really score. I mean, could really elevate. Could really score. You 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 were worried about him even in the mid range. He had a little bit of that in his game. Um, but then you saw that it didn't take much, and he had some injuries and stuff last year where the stock really fell. Now progress for players isn't always linear, so um, you can't expect you know this perfect one for one graph for your skills. Um, but it did fall off. One of the reasons it falls off, though, is when the shot's not falling and you're having trouble getting it, there's not too much else to fall back on, right? So that's what we saw with Tyler here yeah. last year. So this is why I was like, I, I was fresh off the summer league game, so I hadn't really fleshed it totally out. But it, another guy like this that kind of reminds me of is Emmanuel Quickly from the Knicks, right? Really good scorer, um, sort of a sl- little slighter of frame than, than Thomas is, a little taller. So, um, but again, the frame's not perfect, but obviously... Wants to find his own shot, can really step it back from three, can really shoot, will get into the lane at times and take fouls. And you're like, I mean, how excited are we about Emmanuel quickly? We are. I think he's going to be good. Um, Could Emmanuel quickly, I mean, I guess he did play a little summer league (laughs) this year. But, like, could you see similar lines from him if you were allowed to just shoot 25 times a game? Probably. (laughs) Right. So like I just right. I, I and just think and there's I'm sure there's more. And if yeah, hey, add us with with more the guys like this. But I think sometimes it's easy to go and I did it myself to go that superstar route and say, Oh, these are the guys, like this is what you could be. Okay, now that I've had a day to step up into dial it back a little bit <laughs> and say, Okay, let's go right. back back and look around the league, look at a couple other shooting guards, look at other sort of like shooting guards that really want to be on the ball. Sort of like this kind of style. It's a weird. It's a weird comp, but because um, shooting guards usually implies something, you know, like a JJ Redick. You're coming around screens, and you're, you know, you're allowing other people to get your own shot. You're not like this on the ball shooting guard, whatever. But um, anyway, so in thinking about that, those are a couple other guys that I came up with, and that is like that's where you start to temper your expectations a little more and say, oh, it's still really good. <laughs> we really take that guy, obviously, but those might be closer in the short term or maybe even over the next couple of years to what we're actually realistically looking at with Cam. And of course, got to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. That's because you can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. I recently was out in the driveway with the hood of my girlfriend's Honda Civic up trying to replace the AC relay. And I knew that if I need to find that part, I could hop right on to the website and go ahead and find the exact part for the make and model car that I needed without having to go into a store, ask somebody for the piece, tell me it might be in aisle 13, they only have 10 aisles, I just need the product. And that's why I choose not to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. You can go over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And if you're looking to get yourself through the end of the summer season, why not grab yourself a Built Bar? They have delicious flavors. It's not that cardboard protein bar texture you get with some brands. No, 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 no. This is an absolutely delicious protein bar, and they give you options like coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. Me, personally, this very week, cookies and cream. I love the flavor. I love the deliciousness of it. And what I love even more is that I get 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're all delicious, tasty, and healthy. They're good for you, and they have gluten-free options for a guy like me. 
You can order today, whether it's my favorite flavor, like cookies and cream or raspberry, whatever you like. They got everything you need. And by the way, they just finished being the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. How about that? Go over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. Well, and I think that, and I think you're right, and I think a part of that then the, does become it's the you know Tyler heroes of the world and, and guys where you say and we we talked about this before on the podcast in general, like the NBA, it's the best of the best of the athletes that are performing the act of basketball, and the difference is what is your mentality, how how hard are you focused on developing the other areas? One one thing I'll say, not even from a comp standpoint, but Donovan Mitchell coming out, his the defensive side of his game was supposed to be something that he could so readily hang his hat on, and that's what was an exciting piece. This guy can score, and he can really lock up defensively. That faded over the the first couple seasons in the league and his development, mostly because, one, the league's driven by scoring, and two, you know, how how much were they telling him? You should, let's work this area of your game. Let's make that a part of what you can do for us. So, you know, Cam Thomas doesn't have that piece to his game right now, but can he develop it? Sure. You can become a better defender. You can become a more effective passer. You can become more efficient getting into the lane, drawing fouls, something that he already does pretty well. But I think you're right. You know, setting a reasonable bar of expectations and then saying you could be on the exact same trajectory of Tyler Hero. And then if you develop other facets of your game, when the shot goes dry, and it will, as it does for everyone, you'll have something else that keeps you on the court. Because if not, now you're just a liability. You know, now you're just an empty space that you need to cover up or, or, or work around. So it's, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, and the, the, fun, the funny thing, so here's the, I'll, I'll ask you the funny question because it just popped back into my head. Um, I had somewhere else that I wanted to go. But over under two seasons before Cam Thomas is traded from Brooklyn for another player, <laughs> superstar, more assets, because, you know, go, go back in the Chronicles of Brooklyn Nets history, these guys turn over where, you know, we develop and then pitch them off for assets and other things that we want to accomplish. So I, you know, I did have that momentary thought of like, I mean, I think I said this to uh, Candace Cooper when we were talking about Dayron Sharp and I was, you know, I, I referenced uh, Jared Allen where I was like, it's, it's, my, it's my boy, you know, we, we, we raised him up to be this strong, incredible player. And then like the wind, he was gone. Now it, it, it's in the efforts of facilitating a trade for one of the best players in the league, but, but I just, Maybe I temper my expectations for Cam Thomas because once I fall in love, Doug, as you know, yeah. that's it. Then I then I have a hard time ever parting with them right down to the Karis Leverts and the Spencer Dinwiddies and, and every guy that's ever walked through the Brooklyn Nets doors. I, I always hold out hope that they can they can become a key piece to this team. Yeah, I, no one's safe. I think we can all agree on that one, especially if you're young <laughs> at this point um, because unless you're going to fit a total championship timeline – then you are very much expendable. We already saw it with guys. There was there was a great graphic, by the way, about um, these guys that all got traded off and how much money they all made. <laughs> this basically in this off season or the last two seasons, like oh yes, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Jared yeah. Allen got absolutely paid. I, we didn't talk much about that. I, I that contract I, at first I kind of was like oh that seems okay, and then I looked at it and I was like man that probably and I got a couple texts from people. That were like that's contracts. Nuts. What did it end up being? It was like a hundred million. I think it was like five for five for a hundred or something like that. It was a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, I know, but it's but it, like but it's twenty million. I mean, I'm not. You know, is that is that really an insane number when you think about like re- like let, let's just say like relative to Spencer Dinwiddie's going to make eighteen to twenty with with the Wizards over three years. Like 
he's going to be a starter. You know, I mean, a starter up and down, whatever, a guard next yeah, to Brad Beal. Probably but, the center. I, you know what I mean? I think it's the centerpiece. Yeah. Anyway, um, we can argue that another day. But I, I, I was, I came on the side of first, like that's that's a fine deal. And then I think I thought more about it and thought maybe that wasn't. But anyway, um, regardless, he gets paid. Laverse got him paid. Dinwiddie got paid. Ah, there was like two other people too. Um, but it was about how the Nets had just all this homegrown talent that they eventually had to... Oh, D'Angelo Russell was one of the guys. Um, but eventually all these guys end up moving on, all for Nets putting together, you know, getting other assets because of it. You know, whatever you want to say about the Dinwiddie thing, that was co- sort of like, mm. well, they were just kind of stuck with the number and they weren't going to... They were going to have to do what they were going to do and that was going to be it. But if you look at the timeline of young pieces around the Nets, uh, there's nobody left. <laughs> Right, I mean Nick Claxton. Yeah. Nick Claxton's the guy, and there's like some world where he plays well and Thomas plays well, and those guys also get packaged at some point. Like I don't, I don't know if the Nets can really start doing that with I mean, maybe the money doesn't end up working at this point, right? Like who are you shipping off money wise to have someone, some other superstar come back in the door? But up until this point, if you've been a young player in the Nets and you've been good, uh, you are wearing different laundry now <laughs> because right. you, like you, you help facilitate. You being good helped facilitate other things happening for the Nets that landed the big three, who are now, you know, probably very, very close to all signing extensions. But um, if you're looking at it from that point of view, then Cam Thomas's time in the Nets may be relatively short. But the difference now, though, is it, it does, it, there is a thing where some of these rookie scale contracts, especially where he got drafted, and like it kind of does matter to have some of these guys now. Because now they were operating in a world before where it was just trying to level up to get the superstar. They're not in that mode anymore, and I don't. They're not in a penny pinching mode. But if you can have guys on relatively on cheaper end rookie contracts that can help contribute, that actually does kind of end up being valuable now, <laughs> right? <laughs> like oh, that no, you may good. Hundred percent, but think of yes, yeah, I agree with you, and I, I don't, I don't want to go too far down the the deflating road that I that I led us onto. But think about the idea of Kevin Durant just signed a four year extension. Okay, so is Cam Thomas at you know twenty four, twenty five, twenty six years old? Is he still going to be here, or over the in the next two or three drafts, could the Nets bring in another guard? that has the ability to be a facilitator and it can be a microwave scorer, et cetera, et cetera, that they look at as being both a short-term contributor as long as the superstars are here. And then also, then we can build around going forward. Like, I think that's that's really the context that I'm putting it in. It's like, okay, these guys all sign extensions. They're all here. Is Cam Thomas at 26, 27 years old? Is, is he the guy you want to anchor the transition once these guys retire around? Maybe it is. You know, and certainly if you, if you like that trajectory and then you can put big money into him if he proves himself, that's great. But And this is, again, all of this is predicated on my fear, my fear of losing the young talent that the Nets have cultivated. Same thing with Nick Claxton. He's so young when the Nets drafted him that, yeah, he can ride out the entirety of the superstar contracts, and, and then you re-examine what his value is relative to the team that you have. But is he a guy that you're going to pay the Jared Allen-type contract to when the superstars retire to keep around? Maybe, but you also could look to go into the draft the next couple of years, replace that commodity, raise the value of this player, move him for additional assets. And, you know, this is that delicate balance of, of being a well-run organization. You, We've talked about it before. Build up the cachet. Be be a, a respected 
commodity in the league, attract superstars, sign the superstars, extend the superstars, and then in the background all along, be thinking about what will we do down the road when we need to replace the superstars when they're done. If you're not always turning those wheels, then at some point you turn around. I'm not being disparaging. There's plenty of examples of this. Whatever. The Bulls have been a disaster for a long time. But the Crosstown Knicks, right? They they constantly thought they were going to hang their hat on some big free agent goal. And when it fell through, you were just left staring at all these weird parts on your roster that didn't add up to anything. And then it takes a long time to build yourself back up. So all of these parts moving in the background, I think, are things that you just kind of have to keep tabs on. And the, the last thing I'll say is you talk about packaging and these players, you're right. The Nets don't have a lot of flexibility. The only player that exists on this roster in that vein in terms of value or and, and monetary value is a guy like Joe Harris that, that we push back so much on on moving him for any reason. He's the only guy that has a financial value on the books. You'd say, hey, we could ship him off with another young asset if we wanted to at some point and get back real value in a player that also comes with a bit of a price tag. All right, that's the end of part one of this podcast. Adam and I keep going. We're going to be back again tomorrow. Uh, we go for another you know, 30-plus minutes strong, talk about the Aaron Sharp, uh, a bunch of other kind of things to consider going into the Nets season. So make sure you tune in to, for part two. That's going to come at you tomorrow as well. In the meantime, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. No quote for today. Adam's got one at the back end of part two. We'll be back again talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.